0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. We can know so much stuff. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies, hallelujah. But in all the knowing and in all the uh, information that we get, it is only a benefit to us when we apply it. I've been talking about this for a while, but you think of King Solomon. And he had so much knowledge, so much wisdom. People would travel from all over the world just to come and sit in his presence to hear his wisdom. And yet, when you look at his legacy and his life, he didn't apply what he knew. He didn't apply all the knowledge and all the wisdom that he had. And as a result, his generation suffered. And he ended up a depressed old man. Now God, God's heart for us is that we wouldn't deceive ourselves by the extent of our knowledge and yet and and live deceived thinking because what we we have because we know stuff, we're okay. The knowing is not the thing. The thing is the outworking, the fruit of what we know. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it's that it's the love of Christ that controls and urges and impels us. I'm reading it from the Amplified here. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that one died for all, then all died. For the love of Christ controls, urges, and impels us. The King James Version says, for the love of Christ constraineth us, it's the love of God that compels us, that controls us, that gives us what we need to be able to put into practice what we know. Uh, we've been talking about um, the, the chief end of man that they came up with at the, West, at the Westminster uh, Catechism back in the 1500s, trying to reconcile the Scottish church and the English church. They asked the question as they went through scripture, What is the meaning of life? What is the chief end of man? And they came up with this definition based on the scriptures as they went through them. They came up with this statement, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. This is the mission, this is the purpose. This is what we live for, hallelujah, (laughs) to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And then that becomes so simple. You can wake up in the morning and think, okay, if this is my mission, and I choose to accept it, this is my mission, glorify God today and enjoy Him forever. Okay, so I can think about that and line it up, everything I do. Lord, I want my words and my deeds, my speech and my thoughts, to glorify you. How can I glorify you today? What's it gonna look like to glorify you, to enjoy your company today? Well, to enjoy your company, I'm gonna have to in- take time to spend time with you, to, to talk with you. If I'm gonna glorify you, then I need to look at the Word of God, the Bible, which is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then suddenly, realizing my purpose, the Word of God becomes so much more um rich and wonderful because it's showing me how I can live out my purpose. And so we've been looking at passages like Colossians chapter three. If you want to turn there, it's a great passage. Colossians three. And, um, but you could pick it almost anywhere in scripture. And as you look, it becomes when you have this chief aim in mind, All right, the Word of God today is gonna show me how I I am anointed and and called to live out um, His purposes. The Word of God will show me how to glorify Him. And as I look at it here, um, it goes through from the beginning. Because we've been raised with Christ, in verse one, where Christ is sitting... Set your minds on things above. And he talks about keeping your mind set there because we died and our lives have been hidden with Christ in God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he goes on in verse five and he says, therefore put to death the members of uh, your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. He goes on and he says, put off anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to each other since you've put on the new man and renewed, who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And then he says in verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, so the therefore, someone once told me the therefore, you always need to look at the therefore and see what it's there for. But if you look at the whole chapter, because your old life is hidden with God, because you are a new person, because you are a new creation this is the therefore of you being a new creation because i'm a new creation i don't i don't i don't tolerate any of that other rubbish hallelujah because i'm a new creation i put off that stuff yuck Bleah. That doesn't belong to me, hallelujah, because I'm a new creation and I am gonna pick up from the table that's been laid in front of me like a banqueting table, I'm gonna pick up the kindness of God today and I'm I'm intentionally gonna use it I'm not gonna just let it go to waste there, I'm gonna pick it up as the superpower I've been invited to wear, and I'm gonna wear the superpower of compassion, the superpower of kindness, the superpower of humility. I'm intentionally gonna step into it because I have the anointing to walk in this today. I've been anointed, the Bible says, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. But though I have that knowledge, if I don't actually pick it up and use it, it's a a useless thing to me. I heard heard Brother Copeland this week talking about a lady uh, in London who was starving to death in a basement. And she had on her wall this framed document from the lady uh, who she'd served. And then they found her down in the, the basement, and, and they looked at this, and she was, she was emaciated and freezing and, and cold and, and hungry. And someone took that document, asked her permission to take that document. She said, oh, yes, my lady gave that to me before she passed. They took it to some lawyers, and they found out that she'd been provided for in a will a house with servants and a regular yearly income to take care of the house, but she couldn't read and so she didn't know what she had. And in the same way, the word of God, he says, we can lay hands on the sick, but if we don't know it, if we don't pick it up and we don't do something with it, we don't see it activated. We've been given the supernatural power of kindness. Kindness. So I don't have to try and be kind. I can put it on in faith. I'm gonna wear it today. I'm gonna intentionally step into the anointing of compassion, the anointing of patience. It's available to us, but I don't always use it. I sometimes forget that, hang on, I'm not, that's right. I'm not somebody who gets impatient. No. Because I died and I'm a new creation, I'm gonna pick up and intentionally put on the anointing of patience. Mm, hooray, well that feels better, hallelujah. Everybody else enjoys it more too, (laughs) hallelujah. Put on compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive any grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is the word of God available to us. And anyone who's become a new creation would agree, yes, that's how we should live. Yes, that's what we want. Yes, that's what I I wanna be. That's what I wanna do. Yet we don't always do it. And then we kick ourselves and we get frustrated. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. So the argument isn't, you don't know that you should do that. Most believers know that they, many believers think they should try to be kind, but, but in this house at least, most, most of you know, you don't have to try and get these virtues, you can step into them. By faith, I'm gonna step into these anointings. I'm gonna step into kindness. Praise the Lord, because therefore, because I died, therefore, I can have this and I can operate in this, not out of my own strength, but in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And they know that. We know that. Yes, who knows that? Who has that revelation? Few of you. Who has that revelation? Hooray! Who operates in it 100% of the time? Yay, yay, I would believe that actually, praise the Lord. (laughs) But here, here's the thing. So what is it, why is it that we don't 100% of the time live in this glorious realm of the superpowers of the virtues of Christ? Well, I believe the key is prayer. Let me show you why. It tells us here. Let's look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. It's Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. It says here, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, "What, could you not watch with me 1 hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation." The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus went to pray three times, and he invited them to pray alongside him. He's like, could you even pray one hour with me? Watch and pray, lest you enter temptation. That very night, Peter was tempted how many times? Three times, how many times was he invited to pray? Three times. Peter knew that he was, he knew even that the temptation was coming because Jesus told him, this night you're gonna do this. Then he says, pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, we'll pray, we'll pray, but he didn't pray. And as a result, he fell into temptation. Praise the Lord that when we do, we can pass our sins in his faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. There's no condemnation for us as we receive, as we acknowledge our sin and receive the grace of God. Hallelujah. But you know, the desire of our hearts to glorify him always, enjoy him forever, is not a, a dinner bell that is at, that's giving a, um, a lifestyle that's out of reach. It's an opportunity that's available, but we need the strength of the Holy Spirit to compel us. We need an encounter with the love of God to compel us. We need the want to in our hearts. We want to, theoretically, I want to do this right, but then as the day wears on or the week wears on and you haven't had the opportunity or the time, you haven't made time to get alone with God and let him come up beside you and tell you how much he loves you or look you in the face and tell you personally how much he loves you, then the the love of God that constraineth us, the love of God that compels us becomes a bit of a a distant echo and not a present reality that empowers me to want to, I want to do these things because it's the right thing to do. I want to be a good Christian. I want to glorify God. I want to glorify God. I want to glorify God. But when I've spent some time in his presence and he's personally, loved on me and poured his love into my heart and spoken personally to me. I come out and I'm not consciously thinking, I want to do this. I come out and go, oh, 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 oh. I absolutely do this because I am in him and he is in me and the love of God constraineth me. There's no question that this is what I do and this is how I live. I'm reminded that I'm one with him. But without the love of God the knowledge of what's right is not enough to sustain me or give me power to choose and stand against temptation. If I, I know it, if I'm, um, if I'm getting busy and I don't spend the time that I need with the Lord personally, I, I can coast and generally be a pretty all right person. But I know I'm coasting and I can then, I find a situation comes up and I can find myself getting a bit short-tempered or a bit frustrated or, or say something that I shouldn't have said or, or do something. And, and, and then I begin to realize, why is that happening? Well, that's happening because I have gotten weak. The Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles, they'll run and not grow weary but i get weary i get weary i get weary with well-doing does anybody else occasionally feel weary with well-doing yeah okay yeah sometimes i don't even want to talk to people sometimes and i think to myself afterwards i should have been nicer I could have I could have talked to that person and I didn't. I avoided it. <laughs> yeah. Cuz sometimes I just feel weak. I'm like, I don't want to. I just want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I'm weak, he wants to be strong, but he wants to give me the supernatural strength so that I never get to the place where I'm spiritually weak. I need food and sleep. I need good eight hours. I need all these things, natural things, yes. But there's, I'm not talking about natural things tonight. I'm talking about spiritual strength, the strength that comes from a word spoken personally to me. As I was praying this afternoon and just looking out the window, talking to the Lord, enjoying